0: She talking about the bridge and seaport even from the seats in the upper decks you can see the seashore tailgate function with the cornea side of just walk from the tribal building for the padres i'm on it yeah because for the 619 we'll knock you down anything for the brown put it on the town started back rocking the brown ever since we've been knocking them down baby said she want to go to the game to the game taught her how to say padre game What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 272 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. The baseball season is officially over. Congratulations to the Houston Astros for beating the Phillies last night, securing that World Series victory. Their first real World Series victory in any time I can remember, 2017. I don't really consider that a real World Series, but. My Wi-Fi. There we go. I'm back, I think. Okay. Uh, so the season's over, and now we obviously head right into the postseason or right into uh, offseason talk. And that's the great thing about what happened last year with the lockout and stuff. That was not great. But now, because the season was pushed back, we got the GM meetings this week. They are starting in Las Vegas. So we are going straight to the offseason. There's going to be Hot Stove on MLB Network. Love that show. Um, it's straight to off season. Like While the Padres were eliminated, I've been talking about season reviews and trying to look back on this season, and I'm going to continue doing that today. Today is the last day of the player reviews, so if you didn't like them, you're probably like, all right, thank God, Ben, thank you. Uh, if you did like them, I appreciate that you liked them. I've gone through every player, or at the end of this episode, I will have gone through – every Padres player that was on the postseason roster and just talking about their seasons. And then we're going to head into offseason talk. I'll try to have some guests on and just talking about free agents and who's available, what are the Padres' needs, uh, what maybe my dream offseason would look like. We've got a lot of stuff that we can talk about. So I, I'm happy that this season is over. We can just look towards next year, towards 2023 now, uh, because the World Series for me, it was kind of tough to watch, if I'm being honest. I mean, you're sitting there and it's like, man, this, this could have been us. We could have been here. Maybe we would have given the Astros a better fight, you know, but can't think about that now. Offseason is in full effect now. Well, not in full effect, but it is starting now. Um, according to Mike, Mark Feinstein, The Padres have exclusive negotiating rights with Josh Bell, Mike Clevenger, Brandon Drury, Pierce Johnson, Sean Manaya, Craig Stammon. eventually Myers, Profar, Suarez, Martinez. Uh, They have exclusive negotiating rights with them to try to bring them back before they hit real free agency. Uh, They have that through Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. That is when... All of these free agents, they become real free agents. Like the Dodgers can negotiate with them. The Mets can, the Yankees, any team in baseball can go negotiate with Robert Suarez or Nick Martinez and say, hey, we'll give you, we'll give you a starter role to Nick Martinez here. Four or five years, $40 million or whatever they want to do. Thursday at 2 p.m., that's when that starts. So if the Padres want to bring back Nick Martinez – First, they got to have Nick Martinez decide on if he's going to take the player option or not. He's probably not going to. Uh, I 100% expect him to to decline the player option. And then they have till Thursday at 2 p.m. to negotiate with him. Uh, Same thing with Profar and Suarez. Uh, I would expect the Padres, maybe even today, to decline Will Myers' club option. Like, there's no point in even delaying that. Like, dude, we're not taking that. And you're a free agent now. Uh, But yeah, so exclusive negotiating rights right now for Josh Bell, Clevenger, Drury, Johnson, Mania, and Stammen. Because those guys are real free agents. They don't have any options that have to be decided right now. Martinez, Suarez, Profar, and Myers, they do have options that have to be decided. I think that has to be within the next five days as well. Um, So there's a lot to talk about the next five days. It's probably going to be focused on Myers pro or not Myers, but pro far Suarez Martinez, and just tracking about if those player options happen or not, uh, if they go into them, if they decline them, uh, and then real free agency starts Thursday at 2 PM where the Padres can start to go negotiate with other guys, Kodai Senga, uh, anyone you want to name. That's, that's a free agent, uh, I know Judge and Degrom—they're not fits, but they can go negotiate with anyone. Starting at Thursday, starting Thursday at two p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Mark Feinstein put that tweet out today, so uh, that's that. Um, just looking at the chat here, Christopher says, "I swear, I'm already ready for the new season to start. Need to experience that same fan and city energy we saw in the playoffs for us." Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Kiersten says players can sign November 10th. Yeah, that's that's Thursday, right? 7th, 8th, 9th. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday at 2 p.m. That's when they can start negotiating with outside free agents. Uh, and right now they can negotiate with anyone that is on their roster, any team that is. So, like the Yankees, they can negotiate with Judge and Rizzo and, you know, free agents that are to be. That are on their roster, exclusive negotiating rights. But uh, Thursday at two, they can start talking with anyone and everyone. Um, all right, let's get to the player reviews. These are going to be the last two players that I review their 2022 seasons. Uh, hopefully, you have enjoyed that. I've tried to put out, I have put out daily Padres content uh, since the Padres were eliminated, uh, and so I don't plan on slowing down either. Um, hopefully I'll have an interview this week and just keep talking about this off season. I mean, this is the time that it's like, why would I slow down? Why would I stop? You know, like, I don't want to stop the Padres just made the NLCS. Like this city is Padres all it's all Padres. So I'm not going to plan on, you know, taking a break or anything. Like there's no, I don't want to take a break. Um, all right. Getting to Juan Soto. He had a 3.8 F war this year. That was combined nationals and Padres, 153 games. So he stayed healthy. A 242 average, 401 on base percentage, a 452 slugging percentage, a 149 OPS plus. So some people said that this was a down year for Soto. And to his standards, it was, but it was still an above average OPS plus year. OPS plus average is 100. He was still above that. Uh, 93 runs scored. 62 runs driven in, and he hit 27 home runs. So that's pretty good for a down year. Uh, obviously, with the Padres, what I'm reviewing here, I think it was a disappointment to start, but he ended it not disappointingly. Uh, he showed up, I think, in the postseason. Some people could be disappointed that he didn't like hit 500 in the postseason, but these guys are human. It's hard to hit a round baseball with a round bat, uh, regardless of who you are. Uh, He went 3-for-36 in an 11-game span from August 29th to September 10th. Yeah, it was struggles. Um, People were really, really disappointed in Juan Soto, and it was the biggest slump of his career. But if I remember correctly, when that slump was going on, I was sitting here in this same chair uh, talking to you guys and saying he has a lot of time to pull it together. I'm not going to sit here and... You know, be bashing Juan Soto for a slump, coming here and getting off to a slow start. There's a lot of things that go into, they have to take into account when a new guy gets traded. And for us, it's like, okay, those are just excuses, right? Traveling to a new city, new teammates, uh, new ballpark. But the Nationals Park and the NL East, it's probably a lot easier to hit home runs there than it is at Peco park i mean Peco park it's a pitcher friendly ballpark so your numbers are going to go down especially if you were playing on the east coast and you were playing the phillies at citizens bank park right we saw with that we saw in the postseason how many home runs were hit there it's just harder to offensively perform with those big slug numbers uh those extra base hits those home runs it's just harder at Peco park compared to other parks that's literally that's I mean, it, you can use it as an excuse, I guess, but that's just saying a fact. Uh, so maybe that was part of the slow start. I mean, Josh Bell had a slow start as well. Um, he hit 202 in his first 35 games, but I want to focus on how he was able to turn it around. He, in his last 15 regular season games, he hit 309 with three bombs, and he had a 970 OPS. Uh, so talk about turning it around and getting hot at the right moments, right? Going into the postseason, that's exactly what happened with Juan Soto. Um, when the postseason came, he showed up. 2019, when he was a rookie, I believe, and he showed up like he lives for the big moment. And that's exactly what happened here with the Padres in 2022. Um, he had four hits in the wild card series, two runs driven in. He had four, uh, excuse me, three hits with an RBI in the NLDS. Obviously. That big RBI came in game four against the Dodgers. The game tying run into right field before Crony had a moment we're never going to forget with the the two RBI go-ahead single to center, made it 5-3, and the Padres ended up winning, obviously. In the NLCS, he had four hits, drove in four runs. He had the home run in, what was that game? Was it game three? Game four, I think. Yeah, game four. Gave Minaya the lead again, 6-4, before Melvin decided to stick with Mania in that fifth inning. That ended up being the wrong decision, uh, the wrong move. Uh, But he hit a home run there. And I believe he homered – did he homer in game five? I I think he homered in game five uh, as well. If he didn't, I'm sorry. I I think he did. But he showed up in the postseason. If you combine those rounds, uh, that is two plus one – Seven RBIs in the postseason for Juan. Uh, he showed up. There were some times where he struck out. There's some times where he didn't come through. Uh, there were some times where he wasn't great in the field, lost the ball in the sun. I know you can't control that. Uh, but then he came back and performed offensively. So I thought it was a year that he can definitely, at least with the Padres, I thought it was a year that he can definitely build off of. Um, and keep progressing and be consistent with the Padres all season long next year. I, I don't see why he can't be an all-star next year. Same with Manny, same with Fernando, maybe, or maybe that's going to hurt him. Uh, the first 20 games he's going to miss, maybe that hurts him being an all-star, but I don't see why those three guys can't be huge, huge, uh, positive impact to the Padres offensively, uh, defensively for Fernando and Manny. Um, Soto, there were some good defensive plays that he made. I know that there were, you know, him winning or him being a gold glove finalist. That kind of shocked people, right? Like, why is he a gold glove finalist and Manny's not? Uh, But he did make some good plays out there. I think he has a pretty strong arm. Obviously, we know what he brings to the table offensively with the plate discipline and the gap to gap power. I know the power numbers were down when he got to San Diego, but again, he was adjusting to a new ballpark. Pecco is hard to hit out of. Um, it's much harder to hit than East Coast ballparks. That's just a fact. Um, any players, it's harder to hit. I mean, unless you're Kyle Schwartz, we're hitting a 488-foot bomb off Darvish. It's harder to hit out of. Um, so I'm taking the positives from Juan into next season, where he's here for 2023, for 2024. A.J. Preller said at the season-ending press conference that they're going to start talking with Juan and Boris. He didn't mention Boris specifically, but his agents, that's Juan's agent, uh, about an extension. Peter Seidler told the media that two years is not going to satisfy him with Juan Soto, uh, and the Juan Soto's agency knows that. And so you, you bet that they're going to be talking with Juan Soto this offseason at some point about an extension. I don't think that an extension gets done this offseason. Uh, I don't even know if it gets done next offseason, but I think there's a stronger chance that it gets done next offseason. I think this offseason it's kind of just to measure uh, – take take the temperature. I think that's what A.J. said. Just talk with the sides. How are you liking San Diego? Uh, you've had a little bit of time to be in San Diego, be with this organization. Is this something you want to do long-term? I think it is. Juan Soto definitely, um, it looked like he enjoyed himself. And in the offseason already, I think on Instagram, he was posting about, uh, he was posting the 2019 World Series title that he won with the Nationals. And he said he's trying to bring a couple to San Diego. Uh, Now, maybe you take that as, okay, well, he's bringing a couple. So next year and 2024 when he's under contract and he's going to hit for agency and leave. I don't view it that way. I mean, I don't see the Padres winning the next two world series. We got to get there first. Uh, I think they have a strong chance to win one of the next two. They have a lot of their core pieces coming back, right? Uh, I, I definitely believe in AJ Preller's ability to improve this team in the off season and at least bring back the big guys that helped this Padres team win this year. And you're getting Fernando back anyway, so that makes it it makes you better already, right? Bringing in a top ten player in the game, top five when he's healthy and at his best, probably. Uh, so they have a better chance already. Um, I don't know where I'm trying to get with this. My point is, I like where Juan Soto was going to do this offseason. Uh, he performed well in the in the postseason, and I can't wait what is to come uh, for 2023 and 2024. I do think that they get an extension done at some point. I think Seidler, he's going to remember that quote that he told the media. I kind of like spending money. You can't take it with you. You can't take that $500 million uh, with you to the grave. Let's give it to Soto. One of the best players on the planet and uh, luxury tax be damned. He'll pay it. If the Padres win, do you know how much money they got at Peco Park this year with the postseason uh, stuff? I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars that they got, and they didn't make it to the World Series. They hosted two NLCS games. They didn't even host six and seven. you know. So um, he got money coming in this year. He can spend some money going out, and he's willing to. We're not talking about the Pirates owner or anything like that. Like This is a guy that wants to win. He's truly a fan of this team. Uh, and so I do think they're going to get an extension done. I just don't think they're going to get one done this off season. Uh, moving to Trent Grisham. I, I want to try to take the positives from Grish uh, because of what he did in the postseason. hit 500 in the Wild Card series, hit 308 in the division series, obviously had the big home run uh, against Scherzer in game one of the wildcard series. Then he homered off of DeGrom in game two. Then in game three, he made that great catch in right center when Mark Canna hit that ball off of Musgrove, totally silenced the New York crowd before they started chanting cheater at a guy that wasn't cheating. Just clowns over there. Um, And he came through with an RBI single, I believe, in game three as well. And then in the division series, he comes through with uh, the big go-ahead home run in game three before... Padres take it all in game four obviously to move on to the LCS absolutely huge for the Padres he was Mr. October for the Padres Um, he was arguably the MVP of the Padres postseason you could look at Crony with the division series that he had you could look at Robert Suarez you could look at I don't know maybe the rotation as a whole Josh Hader was amazing ended his uh, postseason with eight straight strikeouts. I know he didn't pitch in Philly, which was disappointing to me and to other fans, um, but he was great. But Trent, I mean, playing every day, he was playing really good in center field for the most part. There was one play, really, uh, where it was like, I think it got pat- or it clanked off his glove. He was trying to dive for a ball, clanked off his glove, a ball he should have had. I think it was at Dodger Stadium, but he played really, really great all around. And I want to take that positive into 2023 and hope that he can produce offensively consistently like he did in the postseason in the first two rounds. In the LCS, yeah, he didn't get a hit, right? And he bunted there in his last at-bat, and some fans weren't happy about that. I was fine with it because if he got that down, got it to first base like he was trying to do, we would have thought he was a genius, and he's the best bunder on the team. You go 0 for in the LCS, you're trying to get on base or at least advance the runners, and that's what he did. He advanced the runners, and Nola got out, right? Um, I was fine. Now, obviously, going over in the LCS, there's going to be those doubters that are like, well, we, there he is, the real Trent Grisham, just like he was in the regular season, how he hit 184. Uh, you know, he was playing pretty much every day, and he had an 83 OPS+, plus, which is well below league average. That's the real Trent. You got to get rid of him. It's time. You got to give up on him. I don't think that's the smart thing to do. Like, it's not like Trent went over for the postseason. He show, he showed up big time in those first two rounds against some elite pitchers. By the way, he wasn't facing Nabil Chrismat or Craig Stammon, right? He homered off of Degrom and Scherzer. He was facing the Dodgers pitching staff. Like this guy showed up in those big moments to get his team to the LCS, right? So he showed he can do it. And now we need him to do it consistently um i liked his approach being aggressive in the nl in wild card series and division series that's what i definitely uh took away from his approach in those two rounds i want to see him be aggressive and stop taking strike threes in the regular season those strikeouts obviously need to be down the whiff rate which was poor according to baseball savant needs to be down you know it just Cannot be striking out that much. Obviously. And I don't expect him to strike out that much in 2023. People that are that want to give up on Trent Grisham. I just don't agree with that. You want Fernando to play center field. And you want Grisham to be on the bench. Okay. Well now. You have a guy. Who hasn't played baseball in more than a year. Playing a position that he hasn't played. In more than a year. And. It's not a guarantee that he's going to shine out there in center field. And now you're putting a great gold glove center fielder on the bench. And what if you don't have Profar? Now you have to find a left fielder and that left fielder is probably not as good defensively as Profar was this year. Um, I just, I'm not going to give up on Trent. If he struggles, if the, if the Padres, which is, this is what I want to have happen. If the Padres give him a chance, which is, that's what I want. And, he struggles, okay, then maybe we can have that conversation. But um, I want Trent to be the starting center fielder next year. If they don't bring back Profar, I'm intrigued by uh, April 20th. uh, Maybe he's at short then. But having Grish in center, having Soto in left, having Tatis in right. But I want that great defense in center and the, the power potential that Grisham has, as he showed in the postseason, He's it's still going to be there in 2023. Uh, remember, this is the guy when the Padres clinched a playoff spot this year at Petco against the White Sox. When the Brewers lost to the Marlins, there, he didn't really celebrate with the team because he knew that he didn't play a big part with the Padres in getting to them or in getting them there. So he's pissed off about his regular season. So he's going to work his butt off to get back and be more consistent at the plate. Um, I'm just not going to give up on him. Maybe I'm an idiot for that, but I think I'm an idiot. I'll be an idiot if he struggles next year, and then I'm like, no, I still want to ride with him as a center fielder. Maybe the roster might make them ride with him as a center fielder, but I'm in the boat of I saw what he did in the postseason. The power potential's there. He just won another gold glove. I'm not going to give up on that talent. It's not like he's a free agent. You have to overpay to bring him back. He's under contract. It's not a lot of money. I'm sticking with him. If he struggles after giving him another chance, okay, then you can make a change depending on what the roster looks like. But especially when Fernando's not even going to be available to start the season and he can't be an outfield option to start the season. Grisham starting in center field, whether you like it or not. Uh, But, yeah, he, he definitely faced some struggle this year. I mean, his average exit velocity, 38th percentile, poor. Hard hit percentage, 25th percentile, poor. K rate, 11th percentile, really, really bad, poor. Whiff rate, 39th percentile, poor. All of those, according to baseball savant, regular season, not good. I totally understand that. The guy hit 184. You hit 184, I know average isn't everything, but you hit 184, that's not good. I'm not going to give up on the guy. Like, I see see the potential there. I see that he can do it because he did it in the biggest moments for the Padres this season, in the wild card series, in the division series. He showed up. I know he didn't show up in the LCS, Um, but there were other guys that didn't show up as well. Um, Just not giving up on the guy. I know I've just said that probably like 25 times right now, not giving up on the guy, so I apologize, but I'm not giving up on the guy. Just not right now. Uh, so those, that's kind of the player reviews uh, for this postseason here, uh, or after the season that ended. Went through the pitchers, went through the position players, um, talked about potential free agent situations and player options. If you missed any players, I, I went through players that were on the postseason roster. So I didn't go through like Chris Matt or Reese Kinnear or Brandon Dixon, all right, I might have – no, I didn't go through Brandon Dixon. He was on the roster for, like, the wild card series. But there's no point in going through him uh, because there's nothing to talk about. But I hope you enjoyed those. If you missed any players, you can go back on the podcast or on this YouTube channel, and you can watch or listen to those if you did not catch your favorite player being talked about. Uh, but I will get to the chat now. Uh, this episode brought to you by Gagliarone Bro's Famous cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. ownbros.com is the website. Great cheesesteaks, garlic fries, cheese fries, regular fries. Uh, Definitely recommend you check those guys out if you have not already. Uh, Main location is on Friars Road. They're also located inside Snapdragon Stadium. Shout out to the Aztecs for getting a win yesterday. They're now one win away from being bowl eligible. Uh, Gaglin Bro's also located inside Petco Park during the Padres season. So if you did not know, now you know. all right, let's get to the chat here. David says, let's see how Soto does in a full season here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he's going to do better. Uh, he's going to be acclimated. He knows the clubhouse. He knows the organization. Um, he'll be more familiar with these NOS pitchers. And it's more of a balanced schedule, too, next year. That's And remember... There's not going to be the shift next year. That's going to help. There were a lot of times where he, he hit a bullet and he hit it to right field. There was a single to right, and the second baseman was standing there. You know, That's gone. So, uh, yeah, I definitely expect a better year, at least a better uh, year for Soto in a Padre uniform next year. Alex, I agree with this. says, watching Tatis, Soto, and Machado is going to be so such a fun time. Yeah. April 20th, I think, is when he can come back, assuming he's healthy. That's going to be in Arizona. Ivory says, Trent was due for one of those stretches. He came to the playoffs over 26, just got hot at the right time, thank God. But do you want to count on that every year? They got rid of pitching and brought in the DH for one reason because they got sick of Mendoza lines and sack bunts. Um okay, he said a lot there. He didn't he didn't go into the playoffs 0 for 26. Is that what he did in the NLCS maybe? He didn't go into the playoffs 0 for 26. Remember he got hits in that Giant series to end the regular season. Uh But, yeah, you're right. He did get hot at the right time. Yeah, wild card, division series. But look at the Phillies. They got hot at the right time. They won fewer games than the Padres did in the regular season. And they went to the World Series. Now, they got shut out pretty much offensively. I mean, Schwarber showed up. But the last, like, three games of the season, or the World Series, they didn't do much offensively. They weren't hot then. The Astros shut them down. Uh, Trent got hot, but we know he can do that. It's just the strikeouts were maddening. This past season, I, I don't think he's going to strike out that much in 2023. Christopher says, I think the thing with Grish is we got a glimpse in 2020 of what he could be. He has all the tools in the world, but has yet to put it all together for a long period of time. Yeah, I agree. Um, 2020, he put together a good season. He was hitting leadoff a lot. Uh, he had the swag, right? The swag factor was there, swagger. Um, Won the gold glove. Won the gold glove this year. He just, there were times where he got hot. You know, there were some positive moments in the regular season offensively. But, yeah, he just didn't do it for a long period of time in the regular season. But he did in the postseason um, against some elite pitching. He can do that in the regular season. I, I just hope that he sticks with the approach where, He's taller in the box because I do remember him being a little hunched over last year or hunched over at the beginning of the year, and that didn't work. He was taller this year in the postseason as well, and that worked. I don't know if it's something with the eyes or the leg kick or – I don't know. I'm not a hitting coach, but I did notice that, and so hopefully he does that next year, the whole year. By the way, the Cardinals, they just hired Matt Holliday to be their hitting coach, I think. Or usually the bench coach or hitting coach, I think it's hitting coach. Uh, Skip Schumacher was hired for the Marlins as the manager, so they got to fill pitching coach is gone. Greg Maddox is gone for them. I know this isn't a Cardinal show, but that just showed up, and that's MLB news. Um, and so their pitching coach is gone. Bench coach, they've hired their hitting coach now, so they got to fill some spots there for Ollie Marmol. Yadi Molina's gone, so they need a catcher. Maybe the Padres make a trade there. Alfaro goes there. I don't, I don't know. Campy, I don't know. But um, maybe they make a trade there. The uh, Pujols is retired, so they also need something there. Um, they got spots to fill. Uh, I'm sure I'll probably do an episode looking at all the NL teams, what they need this post or after this season, and now going into the offseason, what are their needs. In the NL West, what are their needs? Uh, Because I think that's important to look at what other teams need, right? We can sit here all day and be like, yeah, I want Anthony Rizzo. I want Jose Abreu. I want J.D. Martinez. Or I want uh, David Peralta. I want, I don't know, who's another guy? Name some other left fielder. I want Conforto maybe to play right. Um, You know, you want all these guys. Well, there's 29 other teams in this league, too. There's teams that are trying to retain those guys that I just named, right? There's teams that are going to be interested in those same guys and maybe are willing to overpay uh, for a guy that the Padres aren't willing to. So knowing what other teams want, I think that will help as well. Or just keep us fans more informed, obviously. Kirsten says Andrew Benintendi won't be bad in left field. Yeah, he won't be bad, but uh, if he's going to get $15 million a year like Jim Bowden thinks, uh, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Five years, $15 million? That was Jim Bowden's prediction? I'm not doing that. Nuh-uh. Not happening. Sorry. Uh, I'll just keep Profar then because I don't think Profar is going to get $15 million a year for five years. I'm not saying Jim Bowden's like God and that, that's exactly what's going to happen, but he is a former GM. And if that's what the market really thinks of Andrew Benintendi, then I'm fine with not having him. But, yeah, he'd, I think he'd be a good fit. I think the Padres, they're fine with not having the slug be in left field. I think they're, they're expecting Soto to be better power-wise next year. I think they're expecting Grisham to be better next year offensively. And they're going to get power at first base. They're going to get power at DH. And they're going to get power when they get someone off the bench, a bench guy. I think that's what they're hoping for, and they're getting Tatis back, who hit 40 plus home runs in 2021. Like, there's some power as well. I don't think, I think they like Andrew Benintendi, and so fans that are like, no, we need more power there. I agree, but I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't bring in like a power bat to play left field. If he's solid defensively, he gets on base. Like, that's what I want. Like, I'm fine bringing back Profar, just not 15 million a year. You know, I'm not going to overpay for him. Irie asks, so if we don't put Fernando in center field and you want Trent to play, then bench Kim. I think he's too valuable to bench. You either play him or trade him when it comes to Kim. Okay, so I don't think they're trading Kim. And if you don't put Fernando in center, you can put him in right and put Soto in left and have Trent play center. It's not like Tatis only has to play center field. Like Trent's a goal glover in center. Soto, you can put him in left. That's less room to have to cover than right field. And Tatis probably has better range than Soto. So you could go that way. And you have Kim playing short. You have Crony playing second. And you have someone playing first based on whatever moves they make. Um, So you could do that. And I don't see Kim playing like second base and Tatis playing short and Crony playing first, I think they're going to go get a power bat to play first base or someone that has power that can DH and play first base could be Jose Abreu Rizzo. I think wants to return to the Yankees, but maybe it's him. Um, There's other options out there as well. Uh, Obviously jury bell. Those are options to return to. I don't want to overpay for bell. I don't want to overpay for jury though. Uh, Same thing with Myers, right? I don't want to overpay for him, but there's, you don't have to only put Fernando in center field in the outfield to answer that question. Uh, Kirsten says Kevin Kiermaier should get a look in center field. Uh, not No thanks. I mean, we already have Grisham there. Grisham is like Kevin Kiermaier. He's a lefty. He's a really good fielder. And he's not the best hitter. At least last year. I'm good. I'll pass on Kevin Kiermaier. If he wants to be come here because he wants to contend and be and be teammates with Blake Snell again and be on a team-friendly contract? Sure, maybe as a bench piece, but I want power on the bench. You know, you, you feel like a Zocar is going to be slotted in there as that backup center fielder. Speed option. I want power in the outfield. Kirsten sees Grisham in a trade package. I don't really see that to be honest unless they're bringing back a center fielder because it's not a guarantee that Fernando is great in center field. Uh, And I don't see the Padres going out and spending big money on a center fielder in the free agent market. You know, maybe Grisham gets you a big reliever or he gets you a a starting pitcher cheap, but like a four or five starter, which the Padres need. But uh, I don't see Grisham going anywhere. No. I see one of the catchers, maybe Alfaro, being traded for something if they want Campy to be on the big league team permanently and back up Nola, maybe get some more playing time. But uh, that's kind of the real position player I see that might get traded or could get traded, to be honest. I agree with this here. J20020 says, I think it really depends on what the Padres do at first base. If no moves, then I say move Crone to first base, Tati short, Kim second. Well, yeah. If no moves are made, one, I think that's probably a failure for the Padres this off season. If you don't make a move for a first baseman or a DH option, the DH can play first probably. Then you didn't fill your holes. You did that's not a good off season. You didn't at least bring back Jury, or you didn't at least bring back Will. Like that's that's a failure. I don't see that happening. I don't see the best second baseman on the roster being moved to first, especially with the shift next year, like second base, he's going to be very valuable at second base, Crony. I don't see him being moved to first. Uh, But if that does happen, yeah, then Kim's at second and Tatis is at short. That's starting April 20th. That's the obvious alignment there, yeah. I'm not moving Tatis to first base like someone put out. Someone wrote an article. I don't know if you guys saw that. Someone wrote an article – uh, on why Tati should play first base. Like, some of the points made sense, but putting your most athletic guy at first base, no thank you. He's not a first baseman. He's never played first base. That's even dumber than putting Fernando. Uh, I'm not saying putting him in the outfield is dumb, but regu- he's if he wants to play shortstop, right, I assume he wants to play shortstop. Okay, so maybe he'll he's okay with moving to the outfield because Kim, he's at short. All right. Putting him at first base, that's not even something that we're thinking about. Like, He's never played first base before. Uh, At least he's played the outfield before. Moving him to first base just sounds idiotic. Like, You could say, well, he's your power there at 40-plus home runs. There's your power first base. No. You can have a power outfielder and have Kim at short if you want Kim at short and Crony at second, and then bring in more power at first base. It's easier to find power at first base than it is in the outfield. So that was a dumb article, I thought. Yeah, I don't agree. I don't think Soto's going to hit 400 here, Irie. But he's going to have a much better offensive season, I think. You're going to see his average increase, definitely. I don't think he's going to have his worst slump of his career at some point next year. Because the shift is going to help. Sure, they can shift him. They can put um, a second baseman closer to first base or play the shortstop up the middle, but Soto is a great enough hitter that you put the shortstop up the middle. He'll just hit a ground ball to short and there's a single boom, you know, Uh, or he'll hit it down the line, right? Like shifting on Soto next year is not going to be smart. Uh, just same with like, you know, like Manny and stuff like the great hitters when you're not allowed to go on the outfield grass, at least to start, um, Just playing straight up, that's probably your best bet, and a hit's a hit. If he beats you with a regular hit, he beats you. But, yeah, I see Soto's average uh, increasing there, definitely. All right, if you want to support the channel, use that Super Chat button. Use the Super Thanks button on regular videos. This has been Episode 272 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications, Daily Padres content. Make sure you don't miss when any content comes out. I'm on social media as well, at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Again, thank you for hanging with me all season long throughout this World Series and more off-season Padres content to come. AJ's going to be working, that's for sure, GM meetings this week. All right, have a great Sunday, everyone, uh, and I'll talk to you guys later. Go Pods. See ya.